0: Attention fans, this is the Devil's Devil's State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast.
1: brought to you by the Hockey hockey Podcast podcast Network. Now here's your host, 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 Neil Neil Villapiano.
0: What is going on, Devil's fans? It is, once again, your host your boy, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as Sportswire Radio, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you all, as always, for taking time out of your day. To check these episodes out, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And if you do like these episodes and you like what you hear, do me a favor and go on Apple or Spotify. Give me a five star rating on an Apple or rate the podcast on Spotify or wherever you can rate your podcasts. Uh, subscribe and give me a rating; it would mean a lot to me. So just search up "Devil's State of Mind" and you will find it wherever you listen. To podcast and also this podcast, and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored by our wonderful friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot going on in the world of sports. We're getting down to the nitty gritty in the baseball season, NFL. Preseason has got underway. The WNBA, the Women's National Basketball Association, starting up this week. their playoffs and so many other things. And even we got, I mean, we got international soccer kicking off again in the Premier League, in La Liga, in Germany, and so many other leagues. DraftKings, as always, is giving you unbelievable opportunities to get huge cash prizes. So if you want to get yourself a little bit extra cash, and if you're feeling pretty lucky, then I got an offer for you. Go to DraftKings right now if you haven't already, sign up, use our promo code when you sign up. It's THPN, and as always, tell them that Neil Villapiano sent you. Folks, we got a good episode here for this one, as uh, you can probably tell from the title of the episode. We do have a special guest joining us, and I've mentioned this before, that this podcast is for the fans by a fan And I love having fans on as well because I love getting their perspective. I know a lot of people want to have their voice be heard, not just on social media, but also in audio and video and things like that. I respect it because that's the profession that I'm in right now. So it was a really a fun half hour of time talking to this guy. And I'll introduce him a little bit more when we get to that part of the episode. And obviously from the recording of the interview, you'll hear a little bit more detailed uh intro as well. But before that, we do have a world junior championship update. A bunch has happened uh since the since basically the last time we talked about the world the world juniors. Um we're going to be talking about the two players that are involved that represent the New Jersey Devils. We're also going to give a very special shout out to one country in particular that is uh Definitely captured the hearts of some hockey fans. Not some, a lot of hockey fans uh, in the hockey world. So, as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we'll kick things off as I just mentioned a few moments ago with a World Junior Championship update. Again, all of the World Championships is being World Junior Championships, excuse me, are being held in Alberta, Canada, in Edmonton at the Rogers Place where the Oilers play. And this was basically a restart from the World Junior Championships that were originally going on in late December, early January, two thousand twenty-one into two thousand and twenty-two. And as I mentioned in the last episode, there are two players playing in the World Junior Championships that are representatives of the New Jersey Devils. The first one is Peter Hauser, who was a fourth-round draft pick this past year by the Devils. He is playing for Czechia, and he has played in every single game for Czechia as one of their extra forwards. And he finishes the preliminary round of the World Junior Championships uh, playing in all four games. He did not register a goal. But he did pick up one assist and finished with one point. Now, this is just in the preliminary rounds. His stats can obviously change, and they'll look different um, as the tournament goes long, as long as Czechie is still involved. Uh, Hauser did get an assist in the last game, which happened on Sunday. An upset loss to Latvia they lost 5 to 2 so Hauser was able to contribute on the score sheet for Czechia but wasn't able to help Czechia avoid being upset in the final um in the final game prior to the elimination round, and Latvia did need that win tremendously to get into the elimination rounds uh, Czechia finished the preliminary round in fourth place in group a with a one Oh one and two record and moved on to the elimination rounds, moved on to the quarterfinals of the world junior championship. So I think it was the top four teams from each group, both in group a and group B are the ones that uh, end up moving on. So two teams um, there's only two teams that ended up not making it past the preliminary preliminary round, which yay yeah, to see it, but it is part of hockey, but yeah, Peter Hauser, Not a whole lot, but he's still a very, very young player on a relatively experienced Czechia team. And it's kind of weird to say that, considering that a lot of these guys are 18, 19, 20, 21 uh, years of age. They're not, you know, or less than 21 because it's under 20. Um, But pretty, but you can consider them that some of these guys have played the World Junior Championships before. So they have that veteran experience, let's call it. That's the best way I would probably put it. But yeah, Peter Hauser obviously trying to do his best and help contribute. He was able to contribute a little bit in the last game, but obviously not enough to avoid being upset. But still, I think it's good for him and his development to obviously have been able to play in all four games for Czechia. And we'll see if he can continue to make contributions now that we are entering into the quarterfinals slash elimination rounds of the tournament, which is obviously just one game. You win, you move on, you lose it's over. So that's the simple way to look at it. So that's what Peter Hauser has done for Czechia. And of course, we would be reminiscent if we did not, we'd be ridiculous if we did not talk about the other and very big name representative of the New Jersey Devils, Luke Hughes, playing for Team USA. In the preliminary round, this is what Luke Hughes finished with, Four, he played in all four games he was on the top defensive pairing had a goal and added five assists for a total of six points so I believe Luke Hughes got points in three of the four games in the preliminary round for team USA which is very very impressive he did add an assist in the final preliminary game a three2 win against Sweden and it was a little bit you know scary there um in the third period of that game because USA was up three, nothing for about 55 minutes. They were dominating Sweden, who again is considered one of the favorites to make a run and, and win the world junior championships. Um, but after the 55th minute, Sweden just took over. They were able to get themselves two late goals and made a big push with just seconds to play and nearly was able to come all the way back to tied and force overtime. But the United States was able to lock it down and get the win. And with that win, the United States finishes first place in Group B with a perfect 4-0-0-0 record, easily moving on to the elimination rounds to the quarterfinals. And the reason also that this is important is because the United States will face none other than Czechia and Peter Hauser in the quarterfinals, which will be this upcoming Wednesday, August 17th. So I think on Monday is probably the last day of the preliminary rounds just to kind of fix up things. Um, It's pretty much, I think we now know what teams are going to be moving on for the most part. But yeah, the United States will face uh, Peter Hauser and Czechia in the quarterfinals. So both of the two Devils representatives will be battling it out. And we'll see which one and their country moves on to the semifinals of the World Junior Championships. But I mean, you look at Luke Hughes, and he has been one of the bigger talking points of this tournament. And um, I forgot who it was in NHL Network, but I remember that they were talking about Luke Hughes. And it was after the first game where he had a goal and a couple of assists. He really played well, and he got uh, player of the game for Team USA. They, they didn't mention the fact that Luke Hughes played in the world championships against men earlier after this last NHL season ended. Now, granted, he hasn't played in the NHL yet, but this is when NHL players were playing in it. And he has that experience now. So he walks into the world junior championships against, I don't want to say lesser competition, but younger competition. And he looks like a man amongst boys. And so you can see that Luke Hughes is getting better and better with every game that he plays. And it gives me excitement and it gives me a lot of belief that I think Luke Hughes gives himself a legitimate shot going back to Michigan this year to win the Hobie Baker Award as player of the year. He finished as a finalist last year. And considering how much better he's gotten even you know playing in international competition, uh, I, I firmly believe that he is going to be one of the favorites and has a really legitimate shot to do so um whether or not luke hughes then ends up coming to the devils after season's over remains to be seen a lot of time between now and then um i do believe that luke hughes most likely will not be invited or at least will not be at devils training camp um this year it could obviously change i think that he will most likely once this is over focus squarely on going back to michigan and playing at least one more year i think this will probably be upcoming his final year at Michigan before he takes that next step playing in the NHL or at least just playing professional hockey. But, yeah, Luke Hughes has done a phenomenal job on the back end for the United States. And this is one of the better and more dominant um, United States me- uh, men's world junior Championships teams I've seen. I mean, they've other than obviously the three to two win against Sweden, in which, again, Sweden had you know yeah. made a ferocious comeback. Uh, the United States has basically dominated the competition that they faced. Um, obviously, now in a one-game setting, a lot, a lot of things can happen. A lot of things can change. Um, but I feel very confident this is a USA team that could potentially go all the way and win another gold medal, which would absolutely be phenomenal for all parties involved. But we will see what uh, the United States and Czechia do against one another. And we'll see what both Luke Hughes and Peter Hauser have in store for us in that one. Again, that quarterfinal matchup of the World Junior Championship will be this upcoming Wednesday, August 17th, again, in the United States on NHL Network and also over on TSN. And the last thing I wanted to quickly uh, give a shout-out to, special shout-out, is uh, a country that has no Devils representatives, but it's definitely been the talk of the tournament the last 24 hours or so, if you guys are listening to this on Monday. Uh, and we're talking about Team Latvia. Latvia, as I just mentioned before when we were talking about Peter Hauser, shocked Czechia by the score of 5-2 to two on Sunday, and with that win... It secured an improbable spot for Latvia in the quarterfinals and eliminated Slovakia in the process. That Latvia qualified for this event only by virtue of the expulsion of Russia and Belarus, because if you remember, considering what's happening with, with Russia and, and obviously um, Ukraine, uh, the I. IIHF decided to not allow them to participate in the restart of this year's World Junior Championship and Latvia was one of the teams that got to come in in replace and the fact that they were able to come in here as a replacement and make their playoff appearance is just all the more impressive. Uh, Latvia finishes the group in third place ahead of Czechia and Slovakia and had the chance to improve on their all-time best eighth place finish at the World Juniors. Now, here's a couple of comments uh, that were made, which was actually uh, kind of cool, from some of the Latvian players. Uh, The first one comes from their goalie, goaltender Martins Lovins. He said, quote, we made history and we're not done yet. He declared after the game, and it was basically like issuing a warning to whatever team they might face in the quarters. And I know the head coach of Latvia also said, you know, whoever we play, you know, they better be ready because we are going to come in and we're going to play hard. And so this is a Latvia team with a lot of confidence and a team that could very well be a upset team. I mean, they've already pulled off an upset in the preliminary round. Who knows if they keep playing this way? Who knows what they can what type of damage they can do in the um, elimination rounds? Uh, The next quote comes from the Latvian defender and captain Rolfs Bergenberg. Manis Bergmanis, I believe it's how you say it. So I do apologize. I know my good friend Jersey Joe will probably tell me that I said it wrong, um, but I do hope I said it correctly. Uh, Ralph said, we're really excited about this. At the start, everybody was making jokes about us saying we should just be happy to be here, but we've made history and we're here to win. Yesterday, we had a players only meeting and everybody talked about winning today. We're like one big happy family. And I did see a video in the locker room for Latvia after they won. They were, you know, spraying each other with water like they had won a championship. It was, uh, it was honestly like a really, really cool thing. And I know another player on, um, on latvia i think the media asked him like what are you going to do to like celebrate like what, what's going on and he said i hope there's ice cream and also like a mario kart tournament uh playing video games as well so yeah these are young players that are just having fun and uh wanted to prove themselves that they are a uh, up and coming country when it comes to hockey and uh they had one of the bigger upsets we've had in quite some time in international hockey. So congratulations to Latvia. Definitely will be keeping an eye on them. They are reportedly going to be facing Sweden in the quarter finals. So that will be a very big, tough, difficult task for them. But if anybody can pull off another upset and show the resilience that a team needs to pull off an upset, it's this Latvian squad. So a big shout out to Team Latvia on their success already. And uh, we'll see if they're let's call it magical run continues as we get into the elimination round. So that is your update slash shout outs and uh, report from the 2022 world junior championships. Again, the uh, preliminary, the preliminary round is basically going to be over in the next, uh, next day. And then starting on Wednesday, starting on Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday will be the start of the elimination round. And we'll see what type of magic we get this year. So, now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the main event of this episode of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So, the story goes with our special guest today is that this person, um, he is from Denver. Uh, he is a journalism major, which is really cool. And he reached out to me via Twitter DMs. Again, you could also do that at Devil State on Twitter and also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind. Um, he reached out to me and said straight up, Hey, I would absolutely love to be on your podcast. Let me know when. And what time? And we talked it out. We planned it out. And then a couple of days ago, we uh, we decided to sit down and have a nice little chat little bit of technical difficulties here and there, so I do apologize for that. But nonetheless, it was a great time talking to this guy. Very passionate Devils fan. He loves to interact with as many Devils fans as possible. Originally from New Jersey, now out in Denver, Colorado, the home of the right now defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. But he bleeds, ladies and gentlemen, red and black. There is no question about it. So I want you guys to sit back, relax, and enjoy this really awesome interview with Devils fan himself. Marty's Better, which is his handle on Twitter. College football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly when Or lose. If that's not enough action, you could also place a same-game parlay for a shot and an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team to score first, and more. So, if you're feeling lucky and if you feel confident, if you're a fan of Rutgers football like I am, you could do a same-game parlay to bet that Rutgers will go to Ohio State and beat the Buckeyes in Columbus, which... We all know how that's most likely going to happen. But still, if you feel confident enough, you can do just that and put a bunch of bets together and bet on that same game parlay. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use our promo code THPN, bet just $5 on college football, and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, Devils fans, for the first time in a while, I have a very special guest joining us with me here today on this edition of the Devil State of Mind podcast. Um, he actually uh, messaged me on Twitter uh, this past weekend and said, hey, I want to be on your podcast. Let me know when I can jump on and talk. And I said, sure, absolutely. So we're scheduling it for today, and I'm excited to have him on and it's with great pleasure that we welcome on a very good friend of mine on Twitter at Dirty Devil Fan on Twitter, uh, and his main title is Marty's Better. So, Marty's Better, thank you so much for joining us here today on the Devil State of Mind podcast. First and foremost, how are you doing today, my friend?
1: I'm doing great, man. You know, working long hours at night, so. I woke up and hopped right on the podcast. Sorry for the connection issues, if there is any. I'm out here in sunny Colorado, and um, I'm excited for the season.
0: No worries, man. We appreciate you taking some time out of your day to come on the podcast and uh, and answer a couple of questions. I think the first one, kind of right off the bat, because you mentioned it, um, you live in Colorado. So I guess my first question right off the bat is, how did you become a Devils fan?
1: So I am from New Jersey. I grew up in Wayne. Um, okay. And- I lived there for 18 years of my life. Um, I actually got my family into hockey, which is why we're Devils fans. Because typically in New Jersey, if you're a generational hockey family, you're for the Rangers. Because the Devils haven't been around since 1982. But since I got my family into hockey as a young kid, we all became Devils fans. And um, my dad just got really into it with me. And um, we watched uh, the 2000 Cup, obviously, on TV because it was in Dallas. And then in 03, when they were back in the Cup, we went. 2001 I was at game six against Colorado um and then 2003 I was at game one and seven and we went to most of the playoffs and we became season ticket holders uh, after the 2000 cup so I got I got to experience the the ups the downs I was there for the hurricanes heartbreaks um all of it so uh, I was there when we that one year when Gomez left and um we were booing them to death at the Rock, and then we ended up losing in five to the Rangers, a heartbreaking series. Um, so, yeah, I, I've been a Devils fan my entire life. I, when I lived in New Jersey, I, I, I went to both of the games, but as I graduated high school, went into college, came out here uh, to Denver at Denver University, and I, I loved it so much, I never left um still a diehard devils fan until the day i die and i go to every uh every time the devils are in town to play the avalanche i go and i try to uh go back to jersey as much as possible to make it to games if we had any significant playoff run while i've been out here i would have flown home for that as well so once we make the playoffs i'll be back in jersey for every game at the rock i'll never miss it
0: awesome man i love that i love you know that you obviously you're from new jersey and uh you know you bleed devils red and Red and black, which is absolutely phenomenal, and I think it's interesting because right now you're living out there in the home of the
1: now The Stanley champion Cup champions,
0: champion yeah, the Colorado Avalanche, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure the buzz is still very big in Denver right now, even after oh, yeah. a couple of months. And uh, but uh, but hopefully um, the Devils can bring that cup from Denver to New Jersey uh, in the very near future. So we all hope for that. Yeah. So, and-
1: yeah, go ahead. And another thing, uh, the, the, the parade went right past my house. I was at game one and five of the cup out here. I um, It was really, really fun. Um, and I just kept thinking the whole time, I I can't wait for us to have this. I can't wait for us to have this. I can't wait for us to have this. Um, and then another thing, too, is like, um, you know, the, the reason I'll never, ever switch my team. This is my number one team. You know, my father and I, this was our thing, the Devils, going to Devils games fucking with Rangers fans. Oh crap. Am I allowed to curse on here? <laughs> you're,
0: you're fine. You're totally allowed to, don't worry.
1: Okay. 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 Yeah. W- messing with Ranger fans, whatever. And then, um, so when my father passed, you know, I, it's just, it's very significant to me, this team, it means a lot to me, um, going to games and, and, and all that stuff. It's, it's very important to me and my family, you know, uh, he, when he passed away when I was 12, it was just, uh, it's just a legacy we carried on. So to, for his lifetime, this team was incredibly good going to Stanley Cups um, you know what I mean, and, and, and winning games, and 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 always making the playoffs. And and I, ever since he's passed, they've been uh, pre, they've been in a pretty rough spot besides the 2012 season. So I, I'm looking forward to that. This is this is the most optimistic I've been about this team in a number of years. Um, I want to say, and and even before the 2012 season, I remember not being super optimistic. If you remember, we finished that regular season in sixth place, um, which is also where we finished when we won in '95, but. Uh, we finished that that season in six, six place. I didn't expect a ton. I, we were facing elimination against Florida in round one. That and we we were able to pull off a playoff run. We didn't have the craziest team, and um, I, I just feel like our team is is so good this year. And if we could get if we could stay healthy and and yeah. keep keep our goalies good, you know we're gonna be we're gonna be a force this year. Everybody's sleeping on us, but we're gonna be good.
0: I love that enthusiasm, man. I really do. Because, you know, obviously with the way things have gone over the last couple of years uh, with the Devils and obviously not only not even making the playoffs, but really not coming close. can be very frustrating, especially when you're a fan of the team, because you want to see them succeed. You want to see them uh, do as well as possible. So I I totally I I totally love the enthusiasm and the optimism as well, because I think it's important for all of us to have some optimism, at least kind of going into the season. So let's. I guess, you know, we'll start from, you know, looking at looking back to last season, then we'll kind of, you know, talk about what the Devils have done so far this off this off season. So going back to last season, when you look at when you look at the entire year, like what is the one word? Just give me one word that you would use to describe
1: last season as a whole. Frustrating, man, because I felt like there was like 90 percent of the pieces were there and then it was that little 10 percent of the pieces that weren't there that would cause us to lose games by a goal or blow a lead or whatever. And, and, and no disrespect to Nico Dawes and and John Gillies and and Akira Schmidt, they did their best, but I mean, they were not ready to be put in the positions that they were put in Um, and, and with Blackwood with his ankle and, and, and the arguments with the vaccine and whatnot, it was all just a, it was a tough year for us because we had so uh, Jack going down early with an injury. Nico went down. um, Dougie went down. Um, it was just a frustrating time, and, and by the time um, March came around, it was like we were we were the Utica Commons in a in a Devil's jersey. So it was just it was tough. Um, and you know, I I I, I really think that um, with health and new acquisitions, we could be a completely different team this year. So I, last year, I felt like there was a lot of games where we we either put up the goal scoring to win, but didn't have the goaltending to keep the lead or our goalies showed up and our defense showed up and we couldn't put in those extra one, two goals. So so that's where I'm excited for these new acquisitions to come in and, and, and really, really give us that step to get over the hump in those close games. Yeah, frustrating
0: is a really good word to use considering everything that happened. I mean, you look at the beginning of the season and you, you saw that this team definitely looked like they had, they were showing signs that they were finally taking a turn for the better. And then, with injuries, particularly to the goaltending position, you know, things fell apart very, very, very quickly. So that was uh, yeah, that was definitely frustrating. And just the whole year in general, and once again finishing towards the bottom of the NHL is going to be frustrating in its own right. And uh, oh yeah. You know, what I like is that you obviously brought up the fact that the Devils did do a bunch of things this offseason. And I think when you look at all, my my first question to you about, you know, when when we look at this offseason is what are your overall feelings about Johnny Gaudreau spurring the Devils and going and signing with the Columbus Blue Jackets instead? Like, what was your feeling about it?
1: At first, I was devastated. When I read Blue Jackets, I, like, kept rereading uh, Elliot's tweet, and I was just like, Blue Jackets, Blue Jackets, no. And, and But then, I as, first of all, then the Spit and Chicklets interview with him came out, and I was like, man, screw this guy. He doesn't have the work ethic I like. They're talking about how he used to dump water on his head at beat, at uh, Boston College to pretend he was working hard and training. Screw this guy. Also, we already have a lot of guys that do what he does, you know he he's got a good shot. He's got good stick handling, but he's not really that strong on the puck. He's a pretty small guy. Um, I, I'm much happier with the Pelade acquisition, to be honest. Talk about a guy who has the experience you need. He's the spark, he was the spark for the best team in the NHL for the past three four years. So. You know, I mean, he was the guy that would get him over. Think about all those close Tampa Bay playoff games where Palat would come through with three minutes, four minutes to go in the third and score a goal. And, and every every pessimistic Devils fan on Twitter wants to say, oh, that's because it's the lightning. It's like, man, but he was the guy. He was the guy that you went to in those close game situations. He was the guy that filled in when Stamkos got injured. This Palat acquisition is so huge. And everybody's, I feel like, like the vibe of the team until i made that tweet yesterday and people started showing me otherwise but until then i felt like the vibe of the fans was like ah whatever Pilat. and i'm like this is andre Pilat. he almost won three straight stanley cups and he was a big big part of it like this was a this is no minor deal right here and i don't think we're done either i think we still have a few more moves that could be made um i'm really really optimistic about our young core about our young guys like holtz and zetterland i'm i'm incredibly optimistic about those guys um i'm uh i'm happy they got brat and uh wood back everybody was trying to get rid of wood and get rid of severson i love Damon Mm -hmm. severson i love miles wood i think they're big physical guys which we need on a team for a young kid kids with long skater hair you know that aren't going to put the body up we need guys like miles wood we need guys like Damon severson they're very important to our club and 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 i'm happy we got those guys inked in um I wish we were a little bit more aggressive in the goalie market, to be honest. Uh, Vanacek, that's cool. We're kind of, with, with that signing, it's kind of us saying, hey, we're banking on a big year from McKenzie Blackwood, and we're banking on, on him to stay healthy, which I felt um, two years ago, McKenzie was a little bit inconsistent. Last year, he didn't really get a chance to play, but in the games he did play, he was, he was pretty good. I remember um, that one game at the Garden, where he had like 42 saves or something crazy like that so basically fitz is banking on a big year from Mackenzie blackwood because him and Vanek are going to be a tandem just like vanacek was last year with samsonov in uh, in washington so i think that um to be honest i think that we we could have been a little bit more aggressive in in the goaltending market i would there was a couple guys i would like to see us have gone after um i know jack campbell and darcy kemper wanted a lot of money a little bit too much money so I, I don't know. I couldn't eat my words on that. Um, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I want to I give the – but I just – I'm worried that we're going to be in a position that we were in last year where we have an 18-year-old kid playing goalie for us who's never had NHL experience before.
0: It's funny how I feel like you kind of answered a lot of the questions that I had because, um, <laughs> you know, obviously, it was – it was I wanted to get your main feelings on the Johnny Gaudreau thing, and, and I think that you were – I think that you were like a lot of a lot of us. At first we were very confused and somewhat, you know, quote unquote devastated that he, you know, Johnny Gaudreau decided to go to a place like Columbus where you look at it and you say, you know, are they really in going in the right direction and things like that? I personally look at it and I say, I think that the devils at times, because of the fact that while they do have a really good core, they're not winning a whole lot. It doesn't make the devils as of attractive as a place I think a lot of us as fans and people that are involved with the devils w- would think so. But I mean, it, it is what it is. And, you know, like you mentioned, we were able to sign Andre plot, which was pretty much a done deal. Um, and the only way it wouldn't have been is, is if we had signed Johnny Gaudreau. I mean, it was yeah. I think that was probably already set in stone. And I think I- I've said this before, and I know that this isn't a popular thing to say or, a lot of people don't like to admit it, but one of the things that I, I feel personally about this fan base is that this fan base does like to complain about literally everything. And Yeah. I've noticed that get, as well. <laughs> yeah. And it can get frustrating after a while. I mean, no matter what we do, it seems like some Devils fans will always be upset and always be frustrated and things like that. And and I looked at it and said, we needed to get a guy like Andre Pla. He was a great consolation prize for us not getting Johnny Gaudreau. Brings in veteran leadership. He's very, very clutch. And while people will say he's only good when he's surrounded by good players, well, we do have good players. So there's nothing Exactly. Saying we have of, good like, players. There's nothing saying up that we cannot continue on. And he cannot continue on with his success in the NHL with some really talented players like Jack Hughes, like uh, Jesper Bryant, like playing with Nico Heischer and and Sharon Govich and Mercer and guys like that. So – I mean exactly. it is what it is, and you kind of move forward. And I mentioned it before, you look at the amount of talent free agency wise that will be brought in two thousand twenty-three and two thousand twenty four, and the devils will oh, yeah. have a decent amount of cap space those those two years with the salary cap going up. So there are yep. going to be other opportunities down the road to potentially uh, attract a very another big time free agent like we did with Dougie Hamilton um, the previous offseason. But
1: well, kinda of wanna go back. Yeah, if you go back in time, I mean, growing up as a Devil fan with Lou in charge, when the when the offseason happened, you knew we weren't going to get anybody. Lou did not like putting money on the table for free agents. He was all about the homegrown guys, you know? Um, and so so it's exciting. That's the one thing that I find really exciting about about Tom Fitzgerald is that he'll really go for those guys. He will go for those big-name offseason free agents. And And if you date back to, like, when we got PK, it was a it was a big deal. When we got when we signed Subban, um, I know he didn't live up to the potential that we might have had for him, but you know it was a big deal when we got Subban, and it was a big deal when we got Dougie, and now it's a big deal deal when we got Palat and and that's three like three four straight years where we've gotten some big free agents. So I'm I'm really excited about. I I know with Fitz, I got a dog who's gonna who's gonna fight to get these big names for us. Yeah,
0: and and I've mentioned before about Fitzgerald that he doesn't just make deals to make deals. He makes deals that he knows are going to have some sort of a positive impact one way or another for the Devils, whether it's on the ice, off the ice, both, whatever the case may be. And I think that even with Subban not panning out in the three years that he was with the Devils on the ice, I think he made a really good impact off the ice. And I think that that's also very, very important for long-term you know, leadership and guys learning what it takes to be leaders and, you know, go from there. So that's very, very good. And I think that we can all, we can all feel pretty good about Tom Fitzgerald being the general manager of this team, that uh, it's it's going to continue to work out. It's going to get better. It's going to improve. And that's the, that's the attitude that we have to have because I've mentioned this before that as fans, there really isn't a whole lot that we can really do. I mean, we don't have much of control of anything, Exactly. you know, from, you know, the team making moves, not making moves. The team themselves have to be the ones to make that, um, to make that decision as to what they want to do. And that's where we got to put our full faith in Tom Fitzgerald. Now, kind of sticking to that point, um, you know, you look at the fact that Lindy Ruff is on the final year of his three-year contract that he signed when he was hired by the Devils as the head coach. The Devils bring in a couple of new assistant assistant coaches, uh, Burnett, McGill as well. Um, when you look at that, you look at the coaching staff as a whole, my friend, what do you see? Do you see this being potentially Lindy Ruff's final year in the Garden State? Um, do you think that a guy like Burnett might be the guy that takes over for him? Like, How do you look at the Devils coaching staff as a whole?
1: Well, when we got Burnett, I was very surprised about it because I'm like, what is this guy who was just the head coach of the president's trophy winner doing, being the assistant Coach for the second to last place New Jersey Devils, but then I watched the Tom Fitzgerald media day, and he was talking about how close they are, how close because they played together. Burnett and um and Fitzgerald they played together, and um and and that was like I was very interested by that. I, I, in my head, I think there's no way Andrew Burnett, who just won the President's Trophy as a head coach, takes a job as an assistant coach unless there was a little under the table conversation uh saying hey man if lindy doesn't get it done this year w- we might have you as coach by middle of the year uh, you know what i mean and I, I think that that was a conversation that was had behind closed doors and is under the table and i think that's what enticed burnett to take the job because lindy ruff you know I, I as much as I, I i was optimistic about him when he got hired you know he he, he has been a successful coach over the years it's just this NHL coaching carousel, man, uh, you see it this year being Colorado, being so close to the Avalanche and and Jared Bednar, you know um, what they did with that with that team. And, and then you look at the finals, it was John Cooper versus Jared Bednar, two fresh young faces two you know, not that haven't been thrown around the whole league like um, just seeing the Stanley Cup finals with the coach with two guys like Bednar and Cooper who haven't been in that big NHL coaching carousel, you know, it just really opened up a lot of eyes for me. So, um, and and I was able to see that, um, you know, we don't need these Rick bonuses coming around to every single team in the league. And, and, you know, I think Lindy's done a decent job with our guys. I think he's handled the New Jersey media well, and I'm curious to see how he does this year. I'm not completely writing him off. I know he's a coach who wants to win and has been able to win in the past. And, and, and you know, I feel like Devils fans are extremely hard on the guy. And mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, his tenure with the – with uh, the his rest of his tenure with the team. But, you know, if um, I'm, I'm actually – uh, looking forward to Burnett bringing a lot to our power play, which is, which is where we struggled a lot last year. If you look at those close games, one goal games we get a power play late in the third and don't score on it and lose, you know, that, that, that hurt us a lot in the, in this, in this past year. So uh, that's one of the big improvements I want to see is our power play scoring goals.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's what Burnett's going to bring in an, an offensive, you know, capability and he's an offensive minded coach and, you know, he'll definitely be in somewhat of a trap for himself, um, you know, moving forward when it comes to maybe him potentially becoming the successor to Lindy Ruff. And also we got to look at Ryan, McGill, coaching the penalty coach the defenseman and the penalty kill. And we've seen the type of success he's had in the years that he was with the Vegas golden Knights. So the devils are certainly getting a lot more experience and, and talent when it comes to the coaching staff uh, that will be under Lindy Ruff. So that's very, very important. Now, Got, like, got about like two more questions for you, my friend. And again, thank you so much for coming on today. We appreciate it. Yeah, anytime.
1: After, anytime. My next
0: question to you is simply this uh, We just found out a couple days ago, like two days ago, basically, that the Devils, we, um, well, not really. I mean, the Devils, as well as in conjunction with MSG Networks, decided to hire Bill Spaulding as the next play by play voice of the New Jersey Devils on MSG. Uh, he comes over from doing hockey on NBC. He also did some Olympics. He's also done a yep. couple of sports on ESPN as well. And I'm sure by now you've had a chance to listen to his demo reel and even the tryout that he gave for the Devils, which I thought was interesting that the Devils themselves shared his um
1: Yeah, his I thought that reel. was which interesting actually, too.
0: Which is good. So I, I wanted to get your, your take on, Bill, because what I've seen so far from Devils fans pretty much collectively – Everybody seems to really like the guy and seems to be optimistic slash enthusiastic to uh, to hear and see him on television. So what what are your thoughts about uh, our newest play-by-play voice?
1: So I'll take you back to the days where I used to, as a kid, was such a big Doc Emmerich fan. I would walk up to his booth after every period and give him a high five if we were winning. If we were losing, I'd stay at my seat. But, you know, I'm a massive Doc and- and Chico, you know, they, they talked me through my childhood. So, some of the biggest moments of my childhood have, were explained to me by Doc Emmerich and Chico Resch. So, um, I had the highest gold standard of a commentary team from those two guys. And and you got to think, we had the two best commentary, we had the best commentary team in the entire league. Doc and Chico were it. Mm. And, um, you know, we were winning games and then kanji comes along and god bless the guy he seems like a nice dude but oh my was he unbearable to listen to day in and day out it sounded like someone holding their nose i i just i didn't like kanji he what he had the personality of a shoehorn i i i didn't like him and i feel like he was just kind of this symbol on us losing and it was like listening to kanji with his nasally voice telling us how we lost again thanking our day rjw barnabas for sponsoring the broadcast and i was just over it and i listened to the bill spaulding um try out when i think it was uh he did like a demo over the oilers game when we uh i was like new year's eve i think then Mm -hmm. we, we came back and beat the oilers in overtime Jack Hughes scored that overtime goal um yeah and i was just i was just I got goosebumps. I'm excited to have a real, like, energetic, fun-to-listen-to commentator calling Devils games. I'm, I'm very excited for this because um here in Colorado, the Avalanche, they have, uh, I believe it's Mark Mosier or Kyle Keith, uh, Altitude Sports. They do an incredible job, and they make the games a lot more fun to watch. And, you know, um, I'm just looking forward – Looking forward to that. Hopefully, Dano doesn't step on his toes all broadcast, and we actually get to hear him talk.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know when you look at you know what Bill was able to do in his tryout. And granted, you know it's gonna it, it didn't sound you know perfect, but again, it was a tryout, so it's kind of like you already know what's gonna happen and things like that. It'll yeah. be much more interesting to see you know how he performs in the real game and things and things like that. Right. But I think just in general, the Devils and MSG did a very very. Uh, extensive search for the next guy. I think they listened to people. I think they listened to what fans wanted to hear and they certainly decided they wanted to go with a younger voice and a guy who, you know, could potentially be an up and coming guy in the broadcasting field. And I think that that's, um, I think that's absolutely great. Now, my last question to you, my friend, and again, thank you so much for doing this. This, this has been a lot of fun. Oh, of it's, course. it's great to actually, you know, meet you not in person, but obviously, you know, have a chance to talk to you other than on Twitter. Um, you told me yourself that you are a journalist, if I'm not mistaken, or you are.
1: Yes. yes. I'm in journalism.
0: Yeah. You want to get in the sports media field, which is great. I love that because that is the field that I'm a part of. And obviously with the podcast and all the things that I do, I'm in that field as well. Um, my, my simple question to you is this, what, what type of sports journalism do you want to do? And what is your motivation? Because I think a lot of people love to know what motivates them to pursue the dreams that they have. So I would love for you to tell, tell my listeners a little bit about that.
1: Well, so I do writing um, for a couple of mixed martial arts websites. That's my other passion besides hockey is fighting. I've been training my whole life, and I've been a black belt since I was 14 years old. So I I love – I wasn't that good on the ice as a hockey player, but I was great in fighting. So, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I'm just around a lot of the guys in the UFC, uh, just training. I still train every day um and um so yeah i I've, I've been doing a lot of writing for uh re- regarding mixed martial arts and, and mixed martial arts news um but yeah uh, as far as um i just want to be uh more of a voice for this for this team in terms of uh hockey journalism I, I i'm not really like uh you know there are some really talented hockey journalists that uh know a lot about the game and 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 get those breaking news um right away so uh, i'm not trying to be in that regard any any anymore. I just want to be a voice for this team that that I feel like is is looked down on by so many um, other fan bases and shit on by so many other fan bases. But it's like we we have we have done so much more than ninety percent of the franchises in this league. But back to the broadcasting. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I'll see where the journey takes me. You know, I I have a a pretty stable income and job uh, doing what I do already. Um, I work in cannabis here in Colorado. So um, Mm -hmm. that that's what uh, I ended up um, doing because monetarily it just made the most sense. And I've been Mm -hmm. doing that for the past 10 years. And uh, I I own my own company so um as far as the broadcasting goes you know i have my journalist major but i never really used it for my career but i definitely want to be on more podcasts like this maybe come back on here and and then and uh definitely i just probably eventually start my own little podcast when i have the time when work starts to settle down talking about the two sports i love which is hockey and combat sports so that's mixed martial arts kickboxing boxing and hockey those are my two favorite things. Um, The rest of them are playground sports to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that, man. I love that. You know, I could tell by the tone of your voice and the way you present yourself that you are a very passionate individual, not just about, you know, your career, but also about the Devils and and a lot of different things. And I I love that. I respect it tremendously. And uh, I wish you, honestly, nothing but the best. And, you know, we'll definitely... We'll definitely do this again very, very soon. Uh, maybe we'll do some Twitter spaces. I know you were interested in doing that, um, which, yep. you know, if you need me to come on and, and talk, I'd be more than happy to uh, to do so. But before I let you go, because I do this with all of my guests, I give them the opportunity to kind of, you know, give them give them a platform to kind of promote themselves, let people know where they can follow them on social and also just anything else that they got going on. So Marty's better. The floor is yours, my friend.
1: Yeah, just follow me on Twitter at DirtyDevilFan, Marty's Better. You know, I'm, I'm going to be all over it this year with the, with the um, games. I'm going to be live tweeting the games. I'm going to be doing Twitter spaces before and after the games. And, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to a real successful year for our boys. And, um, you know, if any of you Devils fans are out here in Colorado, uh, when the Devils play the Avalanche, let me know. We, we usually get a big group together. We got a, a, a Devils bar out here. It's not specifically a devil's bar. It's uh I'm still pleading with them for them to take down the Rangers flag and put up my devil's flag. But, you know, if they do that, then maybe I'll give them a shout out. But, you know, we still got a little bit of work to do. But but yeah, that you can get yourself a Taylor ham egg and cheese here in Denver and come see the Devils play hockey. So it's it's pretty sweet.
0: Awesome, man. Well, Marty's better. Thank you so much for coming on today. We really appreciate do it. appreciate it. And we will definitely have you on again soon, my friends. So thank you so much for doing this. Really appreciate it.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me.